An investor's investor. Weird. Always thinking. Smart. Thoughtful. Unconventional. Hi, I'm John Lukumnik. Welcome to Outside In, the interdisciplinary podcast for financial professionals and anyone else who values different thinking. What does that mean? Well, we interview fascinating people from Shakespeare scholars to financial data scientists to see what the financial community can learn from non-traditional sources and from traditional sources thinking in non-traditional ways. We're breaking down the silos which too often surround the financial community. Come listen to the sounds of those walls collapsing. Today on Outside In, our guest is Donna Lynn Hill, Artistic Director of Goodspeed Musicals. Goodspeed is one of the country's finest regional theaters specializing in musicals. In fact, it's been rewarded with two Tony Awards for its contribution to the art and has been perhaps the key incubator for the creation and evolution of a myriad of Broadway shows from Annie to Come From Away. And Dallalyn has been there for much of it, working her way up from a prop shop part-timer whose job was gluing pom-poms more than 30 years ago to the artistic director of the whole thing. Along the way, she's become one of America's most respected musical theater producers. So respected, in fact, that a few years ago, her peers elected her president of the National Alliance of Musical Theater, which means we're about to learn a whole lot about musical theater. And as always on Outside Aid, to discover what the financial community can learn from a prominent practitioner of another discipline. Welcome, Donald. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. And if people are ready to learn something, I hope they brought their tap shoes. We'll have to ask you why. (laughs) (laughs) Musical theater. (laughs) So you've been at good speed for more than three decades. What is it about musical theater that makes you want to spend your life doing it? Uh, For me, it's the collaboration and any business person, anybody might say that, but I think the musical theater, the theater in general, and the music musical theater in specific is the height of successful collaboration when it's done really well. Um, and also the emotional storytelling that is, I think, inherent in great musical theater. I think that there's no art form that conveys emotional storytelling more successfully than musical theater. You you speak, the actor speaks until they can no longer tell the story and then they sing. And when they can no longer tell the story, they dance to successfully complete the story is what I really believe. And so I think collaboration and the ability of musical theater to tell stories successfully and to move people successfully is why I'm drawn to it and continue to be drawn to it. So let's follow up on that for a second. One challenge that both finance and theater share is that all the assets go home at night. It's all about human capital. So how do you manage creative people, collaborative, working collaboratively to get them working as a team to create something bigger and better than what they could do on their own? Um, authenticity is my key. We are a group of people who, for the most part, are 
no matter what the job we do in the theater, we were drawn to the theater because we want to create something. And I think in many cases, because we need a place to belong and maybe more traditional business models didn't work for us. I, I don't know that I ever would have been a good banker or a good airplane maker, you know? And so I like to listen to people to make people feel heard, recognized, engaged, to give people voice. I think it's also really, really important in our business, particularly um, in a not-for-profit business, which is what Goodspeed is, for everybody to understand what our expectations are. Um, if we all understand that we're starting here in in at point A and we, we've got to move through all these steps to point Z, which is a successful, long-running production, everyone understands how we're going to get there. Um, when the path changes, that you're open and um, frank with people about what's going to happen and why it needs to happen, people go along and people stay motivated and people are able to create. In our business, it's really important that people have a safe environment in which to do their work. Now, that is, of course, important in any business. But the people that I support in their work have to be able to make themselves vulnerable in order for their work to succeed, in order for them to be able to do the very best work possible on the stage, whether they're putting scenery on the stage, painting a backdrop, learning a song, learning a dance step, delivering a comic punchline. They have to be able to be safe to do that work. And so creating an authentic, warm, genuine environment where people feel safe to risk themselves is key to what we do in my business and something that I hope I bring every day. I, I was listening to you and it sounded like just excellent management advice anywhere, right? Be authentic, communicate, lead, tell them where the end point is, be ready to change along the way and care about your workers. So when, when is the management book from Donald and a good speed coming out? <laughs> well, the way things are going right now, this pandemic needs to fold up and go away for me to be able to start that book. Okay. Fair enough. So some of the shows that you've produced are cutting edge. I mean, um, for instance, there's the show Devotion, which is a musical about opioid addiction in the Midwest was part of a festival of new musicals. And some of the shows are downright mainstream, like Showboat or Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn. Now, in investing, there's a well-known theory. It's called a Keynesian beauty contest, in which you're rewarded not for picking the face you like, but the one that will be the most popular with everyone else. And for investors, that's an important consideration in selecting securities. It would seem to be the same in selecting plays. So how do you balance a desire to advance the art with the desire to please a broad audience? I really appreciate that you recognize that challenge. And it's not easy, especially in this moment when our, I don't know if you were aware, I'm sure you are, John, that you know our industry has is undergoing, has undergone a pretty seismic reckoning in terms of who is given the opportunity to tell their stories in the musical theater, in the theater. And there have been some significant advances 
across our industry in the last year, um, much, much, much more work to be done. And so it is challenging at a place like Goodspeed, which has a long-standing, devoted subscription audience, but it has shifted. You know, the world's changed a lot. And we're, many of us, interested in telling more complicated stories. I know you and I shared that interest. And so finding the balance between pure entertainment and the more challenging work that makes an audience lean in and work a little bit harder is, is the way that I describe it in the theater. It's really, really complicated. The good news at Goodspeed is that we do actually have two venues. We have the Goodspeed Opera House, which is our main stage venue, and we have a 200-seat theater over in Chester, the Norma Terrace Theater, which is a developmental space. And so over many years, we've established the personas, I guess, of at the Opera House, you're going to get the happier, more feel-good, um, leaning toward more pure entertainment-type shows. And at the Terrace, you're going to get the edgier things. You're going to get things like devotion. You're going to get things like passing through, which tells the story of a a young man walking across the country and encountering the good and the bad of America en route. Um, you're going to get stories like Hi, My Name is Ben, which tells the story of a, a man who was could hear but could not speak and managed with, even with that challenge to befriend an entire community on the east side of Manhattan. Things that are more contemporary, things that are that require that an audience lean in, engage a little bit more. Now, what you and I know, because we go to the theater in New York City and around the world, is that audiences have changed and there is quite frankly less desire for that happy-go-lucky comedy song and dance routine. And so one of the challenges that we face at Good Speed right now is finding the balance and bringing some more, I will use the word contemporary, more contemporary programming to our main, our core Good Speed audience. It is not going to be easy, but it is absolutely necessary. You know, here in Connecticut, when the census results came out this year, Connecticut had been 77% white 10 years ago. And today it is 66% white. You know, I can no longer program to a diminishing audience. And that is one of the things that we face. I certainly can't offend or alienate that audience. They're our core so far. And so I have to give a lot, awful lot of thought to what we're producing, who's creating it, who's telling stories. Are we hiring, for example, a, a, a BIPOC team to tell a story that may traditionally be a classic piece of musical theater that you wouldn't expect? A, a Black director or an Asian American director to be on? Who's telling the stories and, and how are we interpreting those stories? How are we in doing our work so that we open the existing genre up to a broader audience, to appeal to a broader audience, to, to tell the stories of a broader audience, and then also find the new work that can come in to the good speed and, and help us advance that mission. It's interesting. You mentioned these two theaters in Connecticut and it's sort of like, it made me think of hotel companies that have different brands, right? Mm -hmm. You can yes. stay at a Renaissance or a residence in or a courtyard of a Marriott, or you can stay at a Marriott or you can stay at a collection Marriott or whatever. Do you find that they attract 
different audiences? Have you surveyed them? Is there an overlap? Yeah, they're they're very different audiences. Of course, we're talking nearly two years into pandemic, so who knows what they are right now. But um, pre-pandemic, they were very different audiences. We had very little overlap. There was some, but not an awful lot. Of, maybe I think we know it was like 25, 30% of the audience at the terrace that came to the opera house, which is really quite astonishing considering that we're five miles apart and we are we operate under one umbrella brand. You know, most people know that that's Good Speeds Theater down there. But I think, honestly, we probably have waited a little too long to address this problem head on. You do have to take some risk in any business. <laughs> you have to take some risk. And I think that we probably have waited too long to really dig into that risk. So one of the opportunities that I see in my tenure here as artistic director, which I'm, I've been on this job nine months at this point, I think, you know, one of the opportunities I see is that, you know, I do have a little bit of cover. We have, we're coming out of the pandemic. Um, people, of course, want to come back to the theater and be entertained and engaged and inspired. But I might be able to do that in ways that will surprise them. I think about the new musical Come From Away, which we developed, and not a new musical anymore, it's been on Broadway for two and a half years, but that we developed in our festival of new musicals. And at the time when we were talking to the writers about Goodspeed continuing with the show, we were going to put it down at the second stage. If I had it to do over again in this moment, I would program that show at the Goodspeed Opera House because it has everything that that our audience thinks they want. It is a joyful, beautiful, engaging, funny show. Why not? It's just a new show. It's just a contemporary show and ultimately tells the story of the the, the people in the planes that landed in Gander, Newfoundland on 9-11 yeah, there's, of course, sadness inherent in that, but ultimately it's a musical that celebrates the human condition. And that kind of project is what we need to be doing as we make this transition. So a moment ago, and I think this will be part of your transition as well, you were talking about who gets to tell the story and who you cast and who's behind the scenes. And Virtually all businesses in America have had to reconsider how they deal with diversity, equity, and inclusion issues over the last few years, particularly following the death of George Floyd and the protests that followed. Now, theater, interestingly, seems to be grappling with the issues exceptionally deeply and exceptionally publicly. I mean, long-running Broadway shows that you wouldn't think would change. The Book of Mormon, Lion King have rewritten scenes because of it to be more conscious of intended and unintended. Even Hamilton, which famously depicts every one of the founding fathers as a person of color, has changed the choreography that occurs when Thomas Jefferson confronts his slave, Sally Hemings, to be more aware of power dynamic and what slavery meant to the founding fathers. So uh, let me ask you the question straight on. What's Goodspeed doing about diversity, equity, and inclusion? And, and secondly, or perhaps first, why do you think racial justice issues have resonated so loudly in the theatrical community? Well, I'll take the second question first, because I actually think the answer to that question is something to celebrate. I think that 
as, as I began this conversation, we are a community of collaborators. And for the most part, the people that I have worked with in my 35 year career in this industry have been incredible human beings who really care about one another, who really care about the work that goes on the stage, who really care about the condition of the communities that they serve, whether they're uh, in a Broadway show or uh, the smallest theater in, you know, Podunk, wherever. Um, people care about the stories that they're telling and the people who are telling those stories. And so I think that we have really taken this moment to look inside of ourselves and, and say, what can we do better? And there's an awful lot we can do better. And we are blessed with so many wonderful artists of color who have been so brave in this moment to, to help us do, help their white colleagues do this work. I'm really inspired by them. I'm humbled by them. And so I think that, you know, theater is embracing this moment because we are a group of primarily big-hearted, hardworking, collaborative people, and we want to do this work. In terms of what Goodspeed's doing, you know, Goodspeed has a long history of telling stories that underscore the need for diversity that underscore the need um, for different kinds of stories to be told. But quite frankly, those, those, that work was being done by white people. It was not being done by people of color. And so we've really, during this time, taken the time to listen a lot, to look inside, to, I will say, move carefully because we want to move authentically. We did employ the services of a consultant to help us have these conversations because we knew that these were not conversations we had time to have to, to mess up. You know, we need to get this right. We need to not ever have another person of color lose their life because somebody else doesn't understand them. Never again. And, and the theater actually has the ability to have a bigger, faster impact on, on these challenges than a lot of industries do. So we are looking inside. We're listening a lot. We currently are doing a lot of programming that helps us elevate voices that have been underrepresented. I'm really proud of some of the work that we did this summer while we were preparing to reopen. And we have a beautiful production on our stage right now that is the music features the music of Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein, but we've hired a company of actors to interpret the work who are predominantly BIPOC performers and who have not been given the opportunity to interpret some of this beautiful RNH work that that our audience has heard time and time and time again, but we're asking them to see it in a different way and to hear it in a different way. It's been a really interesting experience. The show is wonderful. I'm thrilled with the show. I'm thrilled with the interpretations of the songs. I'll be honest and say that our audience has is struggling a little bit in, in some portions of our audience. They're struggling a little bit to accept these songs told, interpreted in a different way. And that has to be okay. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to turn anyone away. But I have an obligation to protect good speed and that is, I'm not going to protect good speed for the long haul by not making room for everyone to be welcome here. So we're doing carefully, thoughtfully the work that we need to do to help good speed be strong for the future. And that includes elevating every voice that wants to tell a musical theater story. Enlighten me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, songs 
their traditional show tunes. Yeah. What is part of your audience having problems with? So um, there are production challenges, some heteronormative interpretations of work. For example, Can't Say No uh, from Oklahoma is sung by man about another man. We Kiss in the Shadows is sung by a woman about a relationship with a, another woman. There were other songs, Maria, How Do Some of Problem Like Maria, sung by a man about a woman. There are moments where we embrace um, vocal styles that, that might not be the, the contemporary, I mean, the, the traditional vocal style that you expect to hear a song in. Really, really beautiful interpretations, really powerful interpretations, really well-performed interpretations, just not the traditional. And some people have trouble with that. Let me move to a couple of quick hit questions. What's exciting you right now? What, I mean, you're passionate about everything. So asking you what you're passionate about today is, is a little difficult, but, but what's exciting to you right now and what are you passionate about and why? I'm excited right now by the fact that we just announced several things, by the fact that we just announced a complete 2022 season for the Goodspeed Opera House. It is a huge step um, in our recovery. We are, we're, we are performing right now to a, somewhere between 45, 50% capacity, which is not what we are accustomed to. Even that is a huge win, but we believe that moving into 22, we will be able to accomplish a full season, four musicals on the Opera House stage, fuller houses, really make a big step back to recovery and start to become the theater we all expect Goodspeed to be again. I'm excited because in my leadership with our new managing director, David Bird. I think we have a lot of great energy here at Goodspeed right now. We are wonderfully engaged with our donors. We are hearing, really hearing firsthand how important Goodspeed is to our community. And I think that we are building the groundwork for really, really successful recovery from the pandemic. I really do believe that. This pandemic has offended absolutely everybody. Goodspeed at the moment is looking at a loss of revenue between 12 and $13 million, depending on where we end up this year, um, over the last two years. Um, and that is catastrophic to us. But we've been smart. We've been careful. We've been cautious and thoughtful and intentional with every decision that we have made since March 15th of 2020. And I think we really are situated to make a bold recovery. And I think with the announcement of the 22 season, we're well underway. What sort of music do you like to listen to? And you're not allowed to say show tunes. I don't listen to show tunes much except for work. The truth is that I don't listen to a lot of music outside of work because I listen to music all the time at work. I really don't, which I don't know if that's normal or it's probably unusual for people in our in in a business like I'm in, but I don't listen to an awful lot of music outside of work. When I do listen to music, it is acoustic. It is primarily instrumental. I don't want to clog up with lyric when I'm listening to music, trying to relax most of the time, most of the time, but I enjoy everything. Okay. I won't ask you what your favorite musical is because that's sort of Sophie's choice for you. So, yeah, I wouldn't be able to answer it. I so what's your favorite straight play? 
My favorite straight plays are probably, that's hard for me too, but I will tell you they're not contemporary plays. I'm not a fan of the contemporary American play for the most part. Um, and I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's about, but I'm not. I've never had time to really sit down and think about it. But I, I sort, I, my favorite plays would be in the Eugene O'Neill, Tennessee Williams world. It may just be because of the plays that I studied a lot in school and, and have a lot of history with. But I think that my plays would be in that world. Something that I'll never produce at this point because Goodspeed only produces musical theater. And having only produced musical theater or opera for 35 years, I wouldn't even know how to do it. Okay, so anyone who's listening out there who wants to get a shot at good speed, you have to write a musical score for Glass Menagerie. <laughs> if you could be on vacation right now, where would you go? Uh, I would be in uh, Foiano della Chiana in the Tuscany region of Italy, sitting at Popa and Olento Ricucci's table. And what would if you I be say eating? more, I'll start to cry. What Friends I have eating? not seen in a long time would be eating and drinking and drinking lots of great homemade wine. Yeah. Is there a quote from a musical that resonates with you as philosophic or at least good advice for people to keep in mind? I thought about this a lot over many, many years, and I come back to a line from Brigadoon. My pa said, look out for men who think you'll be more certain with men who drink. I won't even ask you to explain that. Well, Thank I think you. actually, you know, I let's all not take ourselves too seriously. You know, it is ultimately a play. It is ultimately a play that we are producing and let's, let's have some fun in life. Let's make the most out of every moment. Don't waste your shot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to outside in with John Lukumnik with our special guest, Donalyn Hilton, artistic director of good speed musicals and one of the great producers of American Musical Plays today. Thanks so much, Donald. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Outside In is hosted by John Lukumnik and produced by Elizabeth Thompson for Spark Network. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you'd leave us a review, as well as on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and wherever else you get your favorite shows. To get more information about our show and to stay in the know about future episodes, sign up for our newsletter on sparknetwork.com. <laughs>